0: Log Talk Radio.
1: to see if there's anyone available to do prayer this morning, because we have a special guest on today, and that's going to be on the air with me for a few weeks, maybe even a few months, and it's going to be a surprise, surprise, surprise. So is there anyone, um, I know I always have been having lately the awesome privilege of having Minister Margot to pray for us And I don't know if she's going to be available this morning But I pray that she is Minister Margot, are you available this morning for prayer?
0: Yes, God bless you God bless you, Apostle Mike Amen. Amen We thank God for another Sunday We thank God for another broadcast And another opportunity to lift his name God is so good, and even though the enemy is (laughs) trying to um, keep me with this cold that won't seem to let me go, but the beautiful thing about it is uh, I know whose arms I'm in. I know who Mm -hmm. has his hands around me, and I just will continue to pray this morning. Prayer might be shorter having some problems with coughing spells, So we're going to believe God that we're going to get to lift his name this morning without any interference. So let's go to the throne. Father in Jesus' name, we just thank you. We thank you and we praise you. We love you and we adore you. We thank you, God, for being our shelter. We thank you, God, for being our anchor. We thank you, God, for being our strength and our strong tower. We thank you, God, for the secret place that we can meet you in and know that you will meet us. All we need to do is believe you. We thank you, God, for the sacrifices you made on our behalf, the fact that you took your son and you placed him on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven, and we thank you for it, God. We thank you for your forgiveness, and we thank you for all that you have done, all that you will do, and all that you are doing. God, we just thank you, thank you, thank you and praise you. A glorious Father. What a loving shepherd. What a holy God we serve. Hallelujah to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah to his Spirit that he's given us, and all we need to do is accept it. It's a free gift. We simply need to believe. And he's with us. He's in us. He's leading us. He's guiding us. He's showing us the way if we would just ask. He's giving us peace if we would just accept it. He's giving us comfort if we just believe him. He's healing us. Everything that needs to be healed from our heads to our toes, to our spirits, to our emotions, that everything that needs to be touched, he can touch it if we just put it on the altar before him and believe. And believe and receive all of his blessings, all of the blessings and promises of God, because his word is settled in the heavens. His word will not change. There is no changing in him. So we thank him. We thank him for his faithfulness. We thank him for his love. We thank him for another Sunday to praise him. And we thank him for another opportunity to represent him well, to make him proud in everything we do, everything we say, everything we think. In Jesus' name we pray and give him the thanks. Amen and amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Minister Margo. Awesome prayer. As usual, the woman of God loves the Lord and she loves to pray. And I thank God for her and for her gift that she willingly shares on the World Wide Web and that she willingly shares even with each one of our family members and friends and various organizations that um, she represents. Um, God in. So thank you. Now, I have a guest that's going to be co-hosting with me, like I said, for a while. And he said that he wanted to learn how to do the broadcast. And then he may eventually, um, you know, branch off into doing some on his own. But for now, he's going to be doing a few of the Sunday mornings with me. And so what I'm going to ask is if he would give us his name and his age and share um, a little bit of why he's going to be co-hosting with me or just say his name and his age and um, who he is. So, Carvon, can you introduce yourself to everyone?
2: Hello, my name is Minister Haram. Um, I wanted to join the broadcast. I'm doing community service. And I want to learn more about the Lord. And my blog talk is like a, another church service that
1: broadcasts. And my hey. age is 21. Say that one more time. Can you say it a little louder?
2: I am 21 years old.
1: Amen. Amen. So he's going to be giving us some subjects that we're going to talk about on um, these Sundays. And so I'm going to ask you all to be patient with me as I lay a firm biblical foundation um, and You'll hear some of the things that Minister um, Carvan will have, and any of you on the air that want to share in with us on this morning. And today's subject just happens to be defining accountability. And so, one of the things that God allowed me to write on Facebook this week before I even knew that Minister um, Carvan would uh, be joining us on today. I said, I have a very serious question for you. I know quite a few people that keep writing that everyone makes mistakes, train or plane or excuse. So my question is on the spiritual side and on the natural side, when and where does the accountability, taking responsibility set in? I'm talking about moving from entry level to journeyman level to being an expert. Otherwise, how could we have ever gotten to Mars and other places and, and things that can't afford to have a smidget of an era? Please remember the women at NASA. Once again, even God's redemption plan is absolute, and this is not that. All I'm looking for is accountability, acceptance, and responsibility, and everything, and integrity. All these lies. And the blame game is a whole other subject. Please pray for me and help me, your sister, your fellow believer and friend out. Because what I've found is not just on my job, but various places, people want to be known as the expert. They want to be known as the person that's the go-to person but yet whenever they make a mistake, they keep saying everybody makes mistakes. But once you get to journeymen and expert level, especially on a job, when do we stop using that as an excuse? So before I ask my questions to um, Minister Kavan, I have a few things I want to define. Accountability is the fact or condition of being accountable, responsible, says, I understand and I uphold my responsibilities that I've been given or that I've even uh, volunteered for or on the job or what I vowed to do. And taking responsibility means accepting ownership of your intentions, actions, decisions, and reactions, both good and bad. It means taking On the consequences For your mistakes and failures It's the opposite of Irresponsibility or lack Of accountability Biblically taking personal Responsibility means To rightfully place blame Where it belongs In our lives and the Bible says That only people We should blame When we sin ourselves And when we fall short is ourselves, although God has given us an alternative plan. Remember Adam in Genesis one, uh I mean in Genesis two and verses three, he was told him and Eve to dress, to be responsible for dressing and keeping um that which God has given them. But yet when they sinned by eating the apple that they were told not to eat from the tree, that's the uh, analogy we were given. He blamed thee, said the woman that you gave me, even said to God. And then even in Acts 5, 1 through 11, Ananias and Sapphira, they played the blame game, and yet the consequence was that she fell dead because she lied to the Holy Ghost. So when you get an opportunity, go back and read Acts 5, 1 through 11, because I'm just going to read this part right here where it says, Amasis, when she heard those words, fell down dead. That put the fear of God into everyone out, and they buried him. Now, more than three hours later, his wife, knowing nothing of what had happened, Peter said, tell me where you were given the price for your field. And she says, yes, that's the price. Peter responded, what's going on here that you connive to conspire against the spirit of the master and the men who buried your husband are at the door and your young men return. And so as soon as she told the lie, she fell dead as well. And so then when we talk about integrity, it's the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles moral uprightness, the state of being whole and undivided. is a condition of being unified and unimpaired, the sound uh, of internal consistency. It lacks corruption. Biblically, integrity is the word tom or tuma. In the Old Testament, it translates as simplicity, sincerity of heart and intention, truthfulness and uprightness. I'm going to share a few scriptures, and then I'm going to ask uh, Minister Kavan a few questions. Minister Kavan, listen to this scripture. It's Proverbs 11 and 3. The integrity of the honest keeps them on track, and the deviousness of the crooks brings them to ruin. Now here's another scripture. Proverbs 19 and 1. Better is a poor person who walks in his integrity than one who is crooked in speech and is a fool. And then we also have Job that in 27, 4 through 6, that if my lips will not speak unjustly, nor will my tongues utter deceit, far be it from me that I should admit you are right in accusations against me until I die. I will not remove my integrity. From me I hold fast My uprightness and my right Standing with God And I will not let them down My heart does not reproach Me for any of my days And then here's two more Scriptures for you well there's not two more Scriptures because it's more uh, Two more books Genesis 25 To 6 did Abraham Not tell me she is my sister She herself said He is my brother in the integrity Of my heart And innocent of my hands I have done this Then God said to them Dream yes I know Did this in integrity of your heart For it was I Who kept you back and spared you From sinning against me Therefore I did not give you An opportunity to touch her Now the last scripture that I'm going to share With you for right now Is Titus The second chapter verses 7 through 8 It says, at all things, show yourself to be an example of good works, with purity and doctrine, having the strictest regard for integrity and truth, dignified, sound and beyond reproach and instruction, so that the opponent, Mm, 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 mm. talking about the opponent of the faith, who is the opponent of the faith, my God, will be shamed having nothing bad to say about us. Now, with that being said, let's talk. Minister Carvon, is there a difference for Christians and believers and non-Christians when it comes to accountability, taking responsibility and integrity? What do you think, sir?
2: I would say yes. Because for Christians, we can tell God the wrongs that we did and take accountability for it. But the people that are non-believers, they're okay with telling the story or lying about the situation and not taking accountability for their actions, so that they won't have to pay for their actions. That's coming kind of to
1: Wow! Is there anyone else that wants to? Comment on if there's a difference between how a Christian slash believer versus a non-Christian should react to accountability and taking responsibility or integrity. Is there anyone else that would like to speak on the subject? Okay, now I'm going to be more specific. Minister Carvan is there, and should there be a difference between how a cleric that's a clergy, a minister a an apostle, a bishop, a teacher, a preacher in the church responds to taking accountability and taking responsibility than a leader that's on your job or a leader that's in the classroom or a leader that's in an organization should there be a difference between how they uh define accountability and uh accept responsibility
2: I would and say no there. Okay I would say no because as people as workers and like bosses or ministry, apostles, there should not be a difference. We should all still take accountability for our actions because if we don't, we'll be paying and sin, but it's still not right. Because if you don't take accountability for your actions, you won't learn from your actions. And I say why, because the reason why we shouldn't, look at ourselves as being different from each other because we're all the same people. We all have the same mindset and personality. Well, we should all just come together and just take accountability. If we did it, we did it. It's over with. Amen, amen, amen. Is there anyone else that would
1: like to speak on Um, How teachers and leaders and clerics and ministers, how important it is for us to uh, take on accountability and take on responsibility and be role models. Is there anyone else?
0: Well, this is Minister Margaret. i simply just like to add, as you were saying, role models, people in positions of authority are role models, they're examples. Many are looking at them, many people, followers, especially in an educational setting. You have students who are so easily influenced. They are looking up to those people who they respect, and if they can see them act in ways, that are corrupt, if they see them saying things that are not true or doing things or conducting themselves with behavior that is unbecoming of a leader, then they're going to then assume that's okay. It's okay to do that, it's okay to take shortcuts. It's okay to say whatever a person wants to hear, whether it's true or not. So it's really important as a leader That you are uh, an example and that you have integrity in what you say, in how you act, and accountability. If you make a mistake, then have the courage and the strength to admit it and to continue doing the best you can with God's help.
1: Amen, amen. Amen. Uh, Minister Margo and uh, Minister Carvana, um, I agree with you both. They have a book out. It's, it's called Overcoming the Dark Side of Leadership, How to Become an Effective Leader by Confronting Potential Failures. And it's by Gary L. McIntosh and Samuel D. Reem Ramos. So I like how um, Minister Margo and um, Minister Pravon, you reminded us the importance of knowing that as a leader and as a role model, we have a responsibility to the people that follow us. Sometimes we don't think about that little sister or that little brother. Sometimes we don't think about that uh, classmate. Uh, We don't think about that person that we are really being a mentor for. Sometimes we don't think about that as leaders we have to understand that there is a dark side to leadership, and that dark side for many causes them to forget that they are accountable, not just to the children and the people and the adults, that they're influencing, but they're accountable to God, and that as teachers, we sometimes forget that there's narcissistic leaders, there's compulsive leaders, there's paranoid leaders, there's codependent leaders, there's passive, aggressive leaders. There are people that have problems with accountability. There are people that are paranoid, that are in leadership positions, and they think that everybody's out to get them. Or they say, uh, this person's jealous of me, that person's jealous of me. I I think whenever, I don't know when Minister Sylvia is going to speak up, but I hope she can give us an example of she knows this person, and I know them, who they're a leader, they're a, a person that has great influence and don't realize it, but they think that everyone's jealous of them. Everyone's trying to compete with them. And then we know someone else that everything they do is uh, based off of what someone else does. They can't think for themselves. Uh, we have other people that do passive aggressive leadership styles where they try to manipulate and, and do different things to change the course of the actions of people, but they don't want to be accountable for when they do stuff wrong. They don't want to take responsibility for when they do anything wrong. So is there anyone else that would like to say uh, a comment or or answer the question that I asked? Is there a difference for each of us as clerics and leaders and why on how we accept accountability, how we take responsibility, and how we have to be integral As leaders, because everyone that speaks on Smile 3E's broadcast is speaking to the world wide web, and whatever we say, even if we're commenting on something where someone speaks, because you know we give everybody an opportunity to encourage the speaker, but we forget sometimes that when you're speaking to encourage the speaker, you have an impact. You're influencing the leader. Is there anyone else? Good morning, well, Minister... everyone. How are you all? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, ma'am. Okay, thank you. Good morning, everyone. How are you all?
3: Um, this is Minister Sylvia. A lot of times um, I find out with leadership, um, I, I hate I was a little late getting on the show, so I hope I don't repeat what someone else is saying, but just in case, a lot of leaders that are leaders should not be leaders. A lot of people that are in positions of leadership, of clergy, um, they're in it and they don't walk in
0: integrity.
3: They're in leadership positions where somebody told them they would be good at this or they get in positions where um, sometimes they have it where it's my way or the highway. I I have a boss. Well, I had a boss before I retired. I had to go and ask her, can we sit down and talk? I didn't care if it was on the record or off the record because I needed to get something off my chest. I, I explained to her, treat everybody the same. People are like a basket of fruit. Everybody is in a banana. Everybody is in an apple. Everybody is in an orange, and everybody is not a a, a bag of grapes. You have to look at each person as who they are. Some people are um, people that you can talk with them because they have a strong personality, and you have some people are. That we may call timid, or they're not um, the, the person that uh, can operate in the form where they can be dependable for working with a lot of people. You sometimes you, you have people that work better alone. You have people that work better under, you know, um, how how can I say, a lot of pressure. But you have people that get frustrated a lot with being asked to do more than one thing at a time. They, they don't know how to multitask. So with, when you're being a leader, you have to stop first and and look at situations from somebody else's uh, point of view. Like if you say something, it, it, if there was a time that I would um, say something, be like, well, okay, well, I said it, that's it, that's all. But when I decided that I wanted to be saved and I asked God to give me a heart, I had to start thinking and praying before I speak and say, okay, now what if that was me? How would I like for that to be presented to me? So as leaders, we have to be responsible for our own actions. And we cannot expect for other people to be responsible for their actions. And you can't take everything personal. Um, A lot of leaders, they try to walk in um, people's personal lives or people's um, situations. They try to influence, how can I say impact it, their lives or their situations. Um, like a, a Apostle was saying, we know someone that every time you turn around, she's saying, this person is jealous of her, this person is, uh, don't like her. And it's like, You are in leadership. People don't have time to be jealous of you or don't like you. They may just not like your personality. And you're so busy trying to judge other people that you're thinking they're judging you, but they're not. But, again, um, every leader is not a leader. But those that that are a leader, uh, whether it's uh, on the job and the club, club you can have social clubs, sororities, uh, whatever, you must make sure you walk with in integrity. You must make sure you can treat everybody according to their personality or according to the way you have to know how to present the situation to them without pointing out, uh, well, this is how I treat everybody, and I just do it. Everybody and everything cannot be treated the same. So I hope I... Um, was able to encourage someone that's uh, listening in that when you walk in charity and leadership and you do it as, as a, in a great position as far as you're being God-led, you won't be able to go wrong.
1: Thank you. Amen. Minister Carvon, I have another question for you. Based off of what you've shared and what Minister Margo has shared, and what Minister Sylvia has shared, can you learn anything from a bad, so-called bad leader, or negative leader, just like you learn from a good leader?
2: I will say to that you can, but... It just won't be the same because there will be different energy that's set off from the different people, different managers, different leaders. I think as a leader, first of all, you should be the person that's showing everyone the right way instead of the halfway to do things because the halfway is a bad way because you miss the important things that need to get done, and then you'll have to come back to it later on and have to double from your mistakes when you put a check and made sure you did that in the right process with the right reason. Because all leaders don't give you the right information because they don't believe in you to succeed. I dealt with that at my last job where I was promoted to supervisor, and then the manager, the duty manager, he didn't like me. So when he heard about it, he was like, no, he's just want to be a lead. And then from a the lead, I went back to an agent, and it was like I was off and on as lead and agent, and they weren't giving me the pay that I needed because they were mixing my pay up, controlling how they wanted to pay me based off of what a duty manager's energy and emotions went off towards me because he just didn't like me. And I believe that they didn't like me because I was a hard worker and I did everything. But they thought that they could use me until they fired me and didn't try to let me know, but that just takes accountability for their leaders because now that I'm gone and they're suffering, they're feeling bad, and now he wants to find a new job because we don't believe he's he a great fit for him anymore. But I mean, if you exactly. show respect to your worker, you wouldn't have this type of situation and you'll be Lot off with a good company, good reputation, good stars. I had um, emails through the globe for our company that I was doing an outstanding job for more promotion. And for the fact that the CEOs never came back to understand what was going on, it was just like, it's just an industry of bad people that don't want us people to succeed. And uh, take accountability for their actions. They just blame it on us for not doing our job.
1: Well, as I said earlier, I gave the different types of leaders, and there are narcissistic leaders. And even a narcissistic leader that tries to take credit for everything or that tries to do the blame game, we can take that particular entity and we can learn from them um, we have to learn how to resist the poisons that are out there and some of those poisons are manipulation some of those poisons are not empowering people some of those poisons are micromanaging some of those poisons are um, doing things out of hurt because we know the hurt hurts but we also have to realize that when we do a self Examination We'll know if what we're doing Is to hear our name Or what we're doing is to Empower someone else We have to work as we're working Unto God because he tells us to We have to Identify with Christ As leaders And when Jesus Turned over the tables It wasn't so that he could show off Who he was but it was because Of what was going on So what was the motive? What was the intention behind what we do? It's very important that we examine them. I'm going to give you some examples of some things that I've learned from a few bad leaders that I've had. I learned how even when your workers stab you in the back, even when your workers don't respect you, Even when your workers and teammates are, as someone would say, they're doing sabotage, they're trying to do everything they can to assassinate your character, when you continually do right by them, when you continually train them, When you continually encourage them When you continually give them a true evaluation No matter what their reaction is And you stick to the facts When you continually do that You are identifying with Christ But when you allow what they do Or they say to hurt your feelings It's not about your feelings When you are a leader Like it or not This is a hard lesson Thick skin is a prerequisite because some of the people that you may do the most for may be the ones that put in complaints against you, may be the ones that misunderstand the fact that, let's keep it real, people of color, especially women, are well known to have people um, come after them because, as uh, Minister Carvan said, because they're a hard worker, because they're a great worker. Sometimes people will celebrate your expertise, and other times your expertise will intimidate them. Sometimes your expertise will give them a bouts of insecurity. And so those in- that are insecure around you could be those that work for you, work alongside you, or even supervise you. So, yes, a leader can be insecure and feel intimidated by your expertise. And then what we have to learn as leaders is to embrace the person's expertise, not to be afraid of it, but sometimes when your expertise is as good as it is, they see that you're going to pass them up. So it's the poison that uh, of jealousy, it's the poisons of envy, it's the poisons of uh, of covetousness, it's the poisons of insecurity. Yes, they impact a leader just as well as they impact others. And so as Minister Sylvia said, sometimes it's not that the person should not be a leader, but sometimes it's the timing. Sometimes we're put in leadership positions And it's too soon. We haven't learned who our audience is, meaning we haven't learned who our workers are. For instance, I've worked one time with 10 men that didn't like me because I was African American and because I was a woman and because I was a prior Army soldier. What did that have to do with work? I have no idea. I've cried many a tears. But I learned from all of them. I would still give 110% or 200%, which I shouldn't have had to, but I learned from them. I sat back and I saw what they did well, and I still sought them out to learn more. Even when they would try to make me fail, I had to learn as a leader, working with other leaders, that sometimes the poisons, have to be resisted, even when it's racism, even when it's sexism, even when it's microaggressions, even when it's micro inequalities, we have to learn that just because someone is a leader doesn't mean they're not prejudiced. Just because someone is a leader doesn't mean that they don't practice h ageism. Just because someone is a leader does not mean they don't lie to lie, to lie. Just because they're a leader, they're not always perfect. But as Minister Margo said, they're still accountable for being the role model that they've been placed in the shoes to be. So there's no excuse. We have to look in the mirror, and if we're Christians, take that thing to God and pray about it and ask for God to help you to change your appetite to want to do the wrong thing. Those are some of the things that I had to deal with. Let me just share just a quick a few more. I had to learn from a leader how to embrace diversity. As Minister Sylvia said, some people need to work alone. So not only did I have to allow them to work alone, I had to train them on how to work cohesively with their team members. Some people like to work on islands, and so I had a team full of people that wanted to be island workers, as I would call them. I had to show them, and it was a hard task, how to gradually learn how to work with others, not to play the blame game, not to be the person that's the LeBron of the team, not to be the person that's the Michael Jordan of the team, not to be the person that's the Walter Payton of the team, but to be the person that wanted to pass the ball, the one that wanted you to make a touchdown. It wasn't easy, but it was what I had to do. But in order to do that, I had to reach back and remember some of the things I saw other people do that didn't work. I had to reach back and see some of the things that I had did that didn't work. And you know what? It took me to uh, this scripture, James 4 and 17, that says, So any person who knows what is right to do but does not do it, to him it is sin. So I knew what to do right. Even though these people were doing me wrong, I knew what to do right. So I had to go to God and say, God, help me to get my." feelings out of the way. God, help me to not want to get them back. God, help me to not want to uh, ignore them, but help me to be an authentic Christian that does not want to misguide people or ignore people or reject people just because they're not representing you, especially those that aren't Christians. Do you know there's people that will come after you just because you're a Christian? They could be people that are colleagues. They could be people that work for you. And they could be people that are over you. Do you know that someone looks at you and all they see is your skin color? They don't see your expertise. They say, here's another ninja that's trying to think they know everything. And you know what? What they should be doing is embracing you and affirming your talents. But see, First, they have to learn to forgive themselves for being a person that hates someone or dislikes someone or mistreats someone because of their skin color. Defining accountability comes in many forms and many fashions, and the things are going to stand before God for when it comes to defining accountability For treating people wrong or not right, that's not one of the things that I want God to say to me. I want him to see the blood, the blood of Jesus. I want to make sure that I've repented for anything that I've done wrong dealing with accountability. I want to make sure that I've gone before God and I've repented for any time that I haven't taken responsibility I want to go be for God and for him to see the blood whenever there's been something that was questionable in my integrity because I'm not perfect. I haven't been a, a great leader all my life. A matter of fact, some people would probably say today that I'm not a good leader. Some people would probably say that I am a good leader. I'm going to share a quick testimony with you. I had someone that um, – was being mistreated for so many years that when I came, they automatically was like I should be their savior. And when I wasn't their savior, they put in complaints, they put in um, different types of uh, grievances on me, but they didn't know that in the background I was working to take care of them. I couldn't show that I was taking care of them because of the institutional System that was put in place that had me working for them and doing right by them in the background when they finally saw this was when they went for another job and they saw that all of the things that I was challenging them to learn so that they would be at their grade level and knowledge and then surpass their grade level in knowledge, that same person that put all of these complaints in on me, that same person that I had to do disciplinary action against, that same person came back and apologized to me. That same person finally saw the big picture when they took their portfolio before uh, the new person that was hiring them and they realized everything that got them hired in their portfolio was what God used me to impart into them. They came back in tears crying because they realized that God had sent me to answer the prayer that they had asked God for. So as God used me to help this person, they couldn't see it because they were so poisoned and they were so hurt by things that happened in the past that they couldn't see that God was using me to help them. So as leaders, even in the midst of all of that, this same person brags to everybody about how great of a leader I am. But yet when I was over them, I was the worst thing that ever happened because they were so hurt and the shields were on their eyes from the pain the shields were on their eyes from the frustration. The shields were on their eyes for this person did this to them, this person did that, that now where they're at that new job, it's a, it's a shame. They're like, Cecilia so, so did this. Is it. What I want them to say is God used her to do this. God used her to do that. So realize as leaders, defining accountability Meant that I had to keep doing right by this person Although every chance they got They were putting a complaint in on me And we looked alike And everything So it wasn't we of different races or anything They just were so hurt Until they were blind So Minister Carvon Have you ever been so hurt That you were blind To someone that was trying to help you Minister Carvon, are you still there? Okay, anyone else? Because so maybe Minister Carvon dropped off or he walked away or something. Anyone else? Have you ever been so blind by the hurt that was going on in your life you couldn't see that the person God had sent you was there to help you?
3: I would like to say something. Um Apostle, um, I can't say that I was been in that position that I was so hurt I couldn't see that the person was try- trying to help me. Um, I really can't speak on that right now. But it was something else I wanted to say. It, we know the Word of God says that ministry starts at home. A lot of times we forget as parents we are leaders. We forget that. Our children are watching us. When we were kids, they called us uh, tape recorders. We, they said they, the kids they hear everything you said and they repeat it back. Nowadays, they said that uh, it's like we're living on social media. When children are, they see their parents do something, they basically say, "Well, my mama doing too much, or my daddy not doing enough, or whatever." they try to imitate what they see their parents do and then when they don't um, have proper leadership in their house the uh, kids show more disrespect. Um, I, I remember growing up, me and you as teenagers and I remember watching family members, cousins and friends. Yeah I said family members, cousins and friends because all family members weren't cousins. We had some aunties and other things. They had children to try to either hold on to a guy, I'm going to speak as females, to hold on to a guy or because um, they friends had him and they was getting checks. But they didn't have the accountability of being the mother for the, of the child. I remember we had a friend named, uh, we called her Krita uh, when we were young. At 15 years old, Krita had got pregnant. And we all used to hang out and kick it and go play volleyball and go to little school parties and different things. But when Krita got pregnant, she said, I got pregnant, so therefore I have to change my ways. Once Krita found out she was pregnant, she never came back out to hang out with us. Whenever she saw us, she said hello, whatever. But she had took accountability for her action. And she always used to say, well, our parents taught us. Mama's baby, Daddy's mate. When she decided to become a mother, she stepped into the responsibility and took accountability of her actions. But we do have other friends, family members that just had children just because they wanted to look grown, act grown, and thought it was going to bring them another a status or put them in a proper place, not knowing that. They did not walk in that that position, and they didn't need to be it. Because everybody that has children don't need to be a parent. You know, uh, the the leadership, they don't understand that part of leadership is the most important part that your child will ever have because they learn leadership from that point of view. If you're, you don't have responsibilities, you don't have i uh, – I'm trying to think of the right word. If you don't have responsibilities and you don't have proper leadership from your home, you would uh, go up any kind of way. Like in our house, our parents always told us, go to school, go to school, go to school, you're going to respect me. I brought you in this world, I'll take you out. But then we had neighbors next door that their mom knew they stole. They would steal anything that moved. If I would always say if, if you were looking at the socks on your feet, they would steal them off your feet while you were looking. When you have people that's not responsible, that does not take uh, accountability, that do not walk in a charity, integrity, you you sit back and you look and say, um, why why they don't get it? But in the same sense, they're trying to understand why you don't get it because everybody don't need to be leaders or be need to be in leaderships. So we we had families that had the girls just had babies after babies after babies, and when you look at the kind of the money they were getting through public aid coming through that house, they shouldn't have been looking and living the way they did, but because they didn't have integrity, because they didn't have accountability, because they figured they was here for one thing, and then as their children grew up, it was the same thing. It was a a pattern. It was a cycle that just kept going over and over and over and around, so I wanted to just say that a lot of times as family members, we must remember, ministry starts at home. If you're not a good leader at home, it's going to be kind of hard for your child to go out and accept leadership, to accept responsibility. They're going to say, they're always trying to tell me what to do, especially when they try to go get a job. Your job is to follow management. It's to follow the supervision. It's to follow leadership because that's what you're being paid for. A lot of times we don't get that. So I'm hoping that Carvon and anyone else that's listening, young adults or just anybody, I hope you get. Ministry starts at home. That's where your first leadership role in a person's life starts. You're looking at your parents, whether it's two parents, one parent, a grandma, an auntie, or uncle, a cousin, a sister, a brother, whoever's raising you. When you're in that position to be the leader in that person's life, know two things, three things. You have to walk into integrity. You have to take all the responsibility, and you have to be accountable for what you're teaching that person. Thank you so much.
1: Minister Carvon, are you back on the line?
2: Yes, I am.
1: So uh, my question to you was, have you ever been so blind or blinded by what was going a leader was doing until you missed out on the fact that they were there to assist you have you had that experience as a young 21 year old person yet
2: yes i had when i was working the last job i had at swissport i had one of my um <clears throat> one of my leads He's been there for over 30 years, I believe they said. No, it was 20 years, over 20. And he was saying how every day he comes and he basically teaches everyone because no one else is teachers, and he just wants the newer people, the new people that got recruited, and the people that are welcome to the team to understand that we work off leadership. And as a person, you have to be an individual leader as well as a group because you're going to have a a suit for the flight, a lead for the flight, and an agent. But all of you have a job to do, and you guys have to achieve it to get the flight done. And he was always the one that always put us back on task, made sure that we didn't get unfocused or we didn't drift off and try to disappear because he wanted to make sure that we all had the understanding that we all have a job, and he's teaching us how to do the job, and if we don't pay attention, we won't understand and be confused when managers or CEOs or corporations from the view the airlines, and it'll make us look bad. And he don't want to make himself look bad. He just don't want you to look bad. He wants you to be presentable and show accountability for everything you do. Because if it wasn't for you, there wouldn't be a fight. There wouldn't be a team. It would just be one person who will be struggling. Until so they acquired oh, him. I didn't even understand that until he basically left. But he was one of the best leads I ever had and he always tried to make sure that we all knew that we all had a job. And then at that job, it wasn't to play. It was just to get the flight done and then enjoy your sleep time. Because if you get it done on time, you'll have enough time to chill or enough break. If you don't, you won't
1: have a break. That's good. I like that you gave that example. Because in your example, you all, the workers, didn't know it until he left. And in my example, the person didn't realize it until she left. And so sometimes the true blind uh, that's on your eyes won't get revealed until that person is gone. Um, so today we're already over the same hour of program. So if there's not anyone else that would like to share, is there anyone else that would like to share? Okay, then I will turn it over to um, our Ministers, Uh, Minister Margo Did you want to close it out Or you want me to ask Minister Sylvia To close us out on today
0: Could Minister Sylvia help us this morning I'd appreciate that,
1: thank you Yes, so uh, Minister Sylvia, I'm going to turn it over to you And I want to thank my co-host Minister Carvon Our 21-year-old co-host I am so proud of you And I'm looking forward to you giving me some um, subjects that will um, help you in your growth as a minister, your growth as a young man, your growth as one of our Seabury youth, and um, the fact that Minister Sylvia and I are your great aunts, I am just so godly proud of you that you wanted to do this with us. So, Minister Sylvia, if you can make the announcements, um, hopefully, Minister, Kavon will be able to do our closing prayer for us.
3: Ministry, I just want to let you all know that this ministry is called Smile 3E, Iron Sharpening Iron, World Wide Web. It's called, the program is called Let's Talk. We're here every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time with our very own apostles like Dr. Cecilia Kaiser, Minister Margot McCord, Minister Brandon Kaiser, and also today we had Minister Carvon Merritt to join in as youth speaking on accountability. We are going to be back here tomorrow night, which is Monday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with our very own Minister Ron McCoy- Montgomery and Mother Tony Montgomery along with myself, Minister Sylvia Kaiser, with Smile 3E, Iron Sharpening Iron, blog, talk radio, and Facebook live and audio. We're just so so grateful and thankful for that program for Monday night. We will be back here next Friday at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This Friday, our very own uh, Prophet Antoine Thomas will be our speaker And we're thanking God for the word that he's putting down in the bellies of the ministers on this Smile 3 program. And we just ask you all to join in with us. And remember, we love you with the love of the Lord, and there's nothing you can do about it. Our foundational scripture is Matthew 6 and 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Thank you.
1: Minister um, Carvon, did you want to pray us out or do you want me to pray?
2: I can pray us out.
1: Okay, go ahead, Minister. And I look forward to you doing even more. The more and more we do the programs, I'm sure the more and more you'll have something for the youth. And I thank God for Minister Sylvia and Minister Margot that they're in here and on here, and they'll be able to impart in you as well. 21 years old, ministering for God. Go ahead and pray for us to close out the program.
2: Father God, I want to thank you for this day. Thank you for bringing us together for the blog talk and to let everyone know that God is here. God is here for you, and God is here to forgive you. And I want them to know that through this blog talk, I expect that everyone gets some knowledge out of it and use it in their everyday lives because this is what we go through and this is what we have to experience. And if you want to talk, you can just come on up and come on the line. God is watching over us. God is keeping us safe. God is going to make sure that we have something to eat. And he's going to look out for us throughout the day, that look out for the people that need food and that they get blessed with food. And I want to thank God for giving me the strength today to come on the ministry line and talk and understand that today we learned accountability is everything. And if you don't take accountability, everyone isn't treated fairly. So, God, I ask that you could close us out today and watch over us and keep us safe. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Bye-bye.